And so if you look at the book of Genesis is where everything starts at, right? So if you, mm -hmm. if, if you know Genesis chapter one, God talked about everything that he created was good. And one of the things, Dakota, he put in there is he said that gold is good. Now we know gold is the is the uh, universal sort of standard for money and riches and things of that nature, right? Mm -hmm. And so God said is God said is money wasn't our idea, it was his. Wow. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And today we're going to do something a little different. We actually have a ton of great episodes in our archives. Since the inception of the show, I've had the pleasure of talking to so many phenomenal people, and I want their information and the strategies and tips and mindset that they have to be shared with the world, and I don't want it to be buried in the past, right? So today is Flashback Friday Featured Edition. And I hope you enjoyed the message from one of our previous guests because it's really so impactful and you need to take a listen. We'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled episodes, but stay tuned for today. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to build, grow, and protect minority wealth. So with that being said, I am super ecstatic to have today's guest with us today because I have a lot of questions. There's a lot I just don't know. And I think that even makes for a more interesting conversation because I'm not going off of assumptions and I just I just need everything laid out straight for me. So welcome, Dexter. Thank you so much for joining in with us today. I'm I'm so excited to be here. I've been I've been following you or I tell people I've been stalking you on LinkedIn for months. <laughs> so when you sent me an email, um, you beat me to it because I'm going to reach out to have you on my show because I do a podcast. I do two shows, actually. Um, and so I was going to have you on mine. And so you beat me to it. So I'm, I'm excited to finally be able to finally be in your presence. Oh, great. And you know what? And I can still, we can still set that up. I'm, yes, I'm yes, open and yes. willing. Exactly. Okay, great. So I'm just going to go high level over your bio real quick. You sent to us and I and I was looking on LinkedIn anyway, and it's it's super, it's just like, wow, I can't, I don't, I don't even know how to found. Let me just say, okay. So Mr. Dexter Jenkins is a faith-based financial mentor who spent more than two decades in the financial services industry. He's passionate about helping families build generational wealth with easy to implement steps. He inspires and instructs hundreds of people with his podcast programs and online courses and books. He's a popular speaker on the topic of wealth building God's way. And I definitely need to know more about that. <laughs> um, and then he's also a senior pastor of Fellowship Christian Church in Boston and Managing Director of Dominion Real Estate Holdings, LLC. Look at, 
yeah, pastor and the director of a real estate holding company. Is that a syndication company? I'm no, it's not. not it's, it's not. not. But okay, yeah. so we gotta get we gotta get into more of that. Okay, let me finish the thing. And then what he calls the ship method, Jenkins shows people how to get out of debt through stewardship, create a legacy through entrepreneurship, and learn strategies on real estate ownership. Oh, that is a lot of ships. I didn't even I just got that talking. I read this so many times, and when I said it, I'm like, oh, that is ships. Uh-huh. I like that. Okay. There's no question his integrity, wisdom, and wealth are building a philosophy is a voice and wealth building philosophy is a voice that is needed today. Yes, yes, yes to all of this. So let's, I, I didn't even know where to start. Just where, where just, this, just jump in, girlfriend. Where, jump did, in, jump where did this in. start? Like, how did this all come together? I have never seen this compilation. Like, Maybe the only person I've ever heard talk about like biblical principles for wealth okay. building right. has been like Myron Golden. Yes, yes, yes. And, and otherwise, I haven't really heard anyone like bigger on the stage kind of right. talking about that. So right. how did you, how did you, did you start with um, your faith base, like going into um, religion, not religion, but like, you know, Christianity yeah, exactly. and, and becoming a pastor and all of that. Was that first? And then you found out about like the financial side? Did they both start together? Like, what was the, what was the trajectory of this? Well, 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 I started on the financial services side first. So I spent 20 years as my bio said, selling mutual funds, life insurance, things of that nature. Uh, and then somewhere along that line, just like I'm quite sure, you know, you know, God begins to show you different things. Uh, about what what's possible, mm -hmm. and then so in 2012, my wife and I started started our church, Fellowship Christian Church, and so um, you know I, I I found myself being pulled more to the church side or the faith side of things, but because of my training, I when I read the Bible, I always see faith principles and financial principles in there, and so um, I really decided to combine the two because what I was finding cold was this. I'm talking about things about prayer and so on and so forth, but then my members are struggling with their finances. I remember one time I had a member of ours lost their home. And I'm like, well, why didn't you come to me? As much stuff as I know about finances, um, you know, why, why, why didn't we have a conversation? Now, probably some of it would probably embarrass me and things of that nature. But, you know, so, so, so one of my things is when I'm talking to people, um, you know, I always say God is a God of business at number one, but then number two, you know, I believe in being us being balanced, so us thriving spiritually, physically, relationally, and financially. And so, you know, I found a way to combine those and with with everything I do. So that's the church side, that's the real estate side, and then we also have a, um, which is not on that bio, which I need to update, is DBJ Enterprises. So that's what we do: our financial literacy, financial education stuff. And so, you know, I tell people anywhere where there's, I live at the intersection of faith and finances. That that's where you'll find Dexter. <laughs> I love that intersection. I'm trying to take notes, but I'm going to just have to re-listen to this episode of Faith and Finances. Okay. There is, and, and this is not going to be, this just popped into my head and this is not exactly what I wanted, where I wanted to go, but there is, and as you probably know, there's just like a huge chasm, I feel like, between building wealth and right. being holy. Right. Because there's so much interpretation 
like I grew up in the church, I'm Baptist. And it's always the things that we were fed about um, the meek shall inherit the earth or, you know, just other things like Jesus was like poor. He gave away all his riches and wealth so that they take that as a symbol that we should just be giving away everything and we shouldn't want to accumulate wealth. Right. So where is it that you see wealth building principles within the Bible that you think are maybe misunderstood by the general uh, church. I, 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 I think when you start talking about people of faith, um, I think you, you have to start with number one, to your point of the scriptures. that's where our faith is based off of. So, and if you read the Bible, I, I don't know if you caught up front, I said, God is a God of business. Genesis chapter one, he says, be fruitful, right? That's be productive and multiply. So he, I, I call it franchising. So he's saying, be productive and then franchise yourself. You know what I mean? Wait, and that's not so, talking about having children. Well, that's part of it. Because, well, well, let me say this to you. God will never, if a man and woman get together, he ain't got to tell us to do that because we like each other. <laughs> God, God didn't have to tell me to do that with my wife. I have three children. I, I was attracted to her. She was attracted to me. So we didn't need a, a, a map for that. <laughs> that's what happened regardless. Okay. But, you know, it, it does children is in there as well. Yeah. But, you know, I, I believe he's talking on a much broader sense of being productive with your hands and what he's called for us to do. And the thing is, if you're productive, Nicole, and you get your word out and things of that nature, how can you not be uh, successful financially? You know, and I think what has been sold to us from, uh, from, from our childhood is that wealth was seen as wicked while poverty was seen as being pious and holy. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, and that's, and that, and that couldn't be any further from the truth. The, the richest man who ever lived well, Solomon. So if you read the book of Proverbs, which you know I, I recommend your, your, your listeners or watchers um read, man, that book is full of, of full of, of great business, finance, money principles that if you put into play, you know, you, you, you couldn't help but be successful financially. Okay. Do you have like wealth Bible study? Or you just like read the Bible with people and just like say, oh, see, this is what that's talking yeah, about. Exactly. This is like yeah, to help yeah, people I mean, interpret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling me, I do that all the time, you know, through materials and then, you know, stuff through my church and outside of my church, you know, because I, I think what, what we do is, you know, I, there, I mean, just to have Bible literacy, what you have to do is you, you have to sh- see it in two or three places. So what I do is I usually take people to two or three places in the Bible and show them what the word says about, you know, doing well financially. And then I also show the other side because a lot of times, um, you know, and, and anything when it comes to the Bible, people can pick and choose what they want and say, okay, yeah. this is what this is. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you, you, you really have to learn. You have to know, be, be literate in, in scriptures. And so if you look at the book of Genesis is where everything starts at, right? So if you, mm-hmm. if, if you know, Genesis chapter one, God talked about everything that he created was good. And one of the things Dakota he put in there is he said that gold is good. Now we know gold is the is the uh universal sort of standard for money and riches and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so God said is God said is money wasn't our idea, it was his. Wow. So okay, and then why would God put you in a material world? know you need it and not want you to have enough of it. So for many of us, we have a, we have a schizophrenic relationship with finances. So we want just enough to go to work and be able to pay our bills, but then we are struggling for it on the other side. So that just doesn't make sense. Um, 
And so that so that's where I've always I've always I've never had a problem with believing that God wanted me to do well financially. So, you know, I, I believe God wants us rich. Now, rich, you know, uh, that's a relative term. You know, what, what if you say it was rich and when I say it's rich, it's two different things. But I do believe God wants you to have more than enough to have a nice house, nice car, so on and so forth, to be able to help other people and not to be stressed out. You know, nothing stresses you out more than not having enough. Woo! Okay. It's not even Sunday. to build wealth with real estate? Are you all tapped out on YouTube University and ready to get help tailored to your specific situation and goals? Have you always known that you are a little different from the crowd, that you never liked following the status quo, and that you're just tired of living in mediocrity? You want to build wealth on your own terms outside of Wall Street? Well, you know, then maybe the Microfamily Mavericks mentorship program can help with that. It's a community where I handhold you through the process of buying your first small commercial multifamily building because not everyone is ready for 100 units out the gate. Why multifamily? Because it gives your rental income a hedge against vacancy. Imagine what happens when your single family rental tenant leaves, right? And why commercial five plus units? Because you have much more control over increasing the building's value in the commercial space and then in turn increasing your own net worth. Starting small is a stepping stone to so much more because then you can tap that equity and buy another building and another and another and you get the point. So increasing your cash flow and your ability to be job optional along the way. It's all a part of the journey. So. If you think big, but you want to start small, and if you know multifamily real estate is the way for you to open the door to building a life of freedom, abundance, and legacy, but you just need someone to guide you step-by-step, and you want to be surrounded by other people on the same journey, doing the same thing, then just click the link in the show notes to find out a little bit more about the Microfamily Mavericks, and I look forward to potentially seeing you on the inside. So now back to the show. What are we doing here? Well, we're taping this on a Monday. (laughs) <laughs> so it's the day it's the day, it's the day after, after close enough and, and, then, and, then it, and then it could lead into next Sunday so this is good <laughs> oh my goodness so and you know the first thing or not first thing but one of the things that came to me is just being and I wonder if this is like an issue for other people too and they don't realize it right being raised especially a lot of us that were raised in the church, that's where right. most of your subconscious beliefs yes. are formulated. Exactly. They're formulated when you're young. Right. And so if you're raised in the church that has these types of interpretations of what wealthy means in the Bible, right. as far as like, if you're good or bad or evil right. or whatever, um, when you get older and you're trying to build wealth, right. Does that inhibit you because your subconscious really believes that you shouldn't be wealthy? Exactly. And you don't even realize your subconscious is, you know, deflecting your law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's holding you back. It's holding you back. You know, and, and I, I spend so much time, Nicole, letting people know it's okay. And, 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 and any pretext, I have to spend my first 10 or 15 minutes, I mean, just not even getting to the principles of how, like you do, to show people how to do it. Well, I can't even get to that because I have to spend so much time breaking down uh, religious thinking, cultural 
things that we have to deal with, you know, things that we, because people say that, uh, people study say that we get our money messages by the time we're six years old. So you think about by the time you were six, you've seen things in your house, you've heard things in your church, you've seen things in your environment. And so now you are operating subconsciously without you even knowing on that script, on that money script. And so what you've got to do, you've got to question that. You know, I believe questions are teachers. The questions are that you have two, you have two reasons for question. One reason for question is to gather information. And then the other one is to provoke thought. And so when I ask myself, are the scripts that I'm operating off of helping me build wealth or stopping me from building wealth? And then you can begin to track. Where did that come from? Well, that came from my pastor who said, you know, the, the, well, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what the text said. It says the love of money is the root of all evil, not money, because we'll do this. The pastor will say money is the root of all evil, but then they'll take an offering. Well, okay, which one is it? <laughs> Wait, so if, all right, I'm just playing devil's advocate to use, uh, not have a better term in the situation, but so if the love of money is the root of all evil, and I know I have definitely heard that right. distinction before, right? isn't trying to be wealthy, loving money? Right. Well, well, well the, 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 the great commandment is this, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself, right? So he tells us what we should love, him and people. So any, So if I love money, I have a wrong relationship with. So number one, I try to help people establish the right relationship with money. What is money? Money, in my opinion, is simply a tool to do things with, buy uh, buy houses and whatever else. I you know, take my wife on vacation, take my kids to school and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But then I also talk about money is also a receipt for good service. So Nicole, if you have a service and you serve me well, why shouldn't you get paid for it? <laughs> Because, like because, because 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 <laughs> because I mean because because that's how wealth is created, right? It's it's an exchange, right? Yeah. You know, you're a real estate. I'm a real estate. Well, I have tenants. Well, the reason why they give me money is because I provide housing for them. Okay, am I supposed to let them stay there for free because I'm a Christian? <laughs> that that that's that's not that's not how this works. You I know? can't. <laughs> so, you know, and so we, we we just have a whole bunch of stinking thinking around this area of our faith and, and, and finances. And you really got to break that down and you've got to be OK with it. If, if God doesn't mind some, some of the richest. I mean, I don't, I don't know uh, how how much your your people read the Bible who, who watch this show. Man, if, if some of the richest people, if you read uh, Father Abraham and Solomon, th these people were loaded. They had lots of money and they still had a, an alive and a live, vibrant relationship with God. Because I think the fear people have from time is, well, money's going to change you. Well, money isn't going to change you. It's because I know a lot of broke people who are bad people. It clearly ain't got nothing to do with money. <laughs> so it's not that, you know, it's, it's your own character that you have to work on and develop, right? And yeah. so I just think good people with money can, Mother Teresa was able to do a lot of things because she had money. And then if you could give somebody who is a, a mass murderer, he gets a lot of money, we got a lot of trouble. And so it's not the finances, it's the character of the person who has it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think as you, you're, the, the thing I loved about your show, you're talking about Black people, for the most part, people of color, Black and brown people, we are at the bottom 
of every economic every economic poll that I ever see. And so part of it is because of the conditioning we receive in from our early house or, our, or maybe maybe our mom and dad taught certain things or churches that we've been in, and it hinders us from, from being aggressive and going after wealth. Yeah. Wow. This is, this could, I could talk about this and the mindset behind religion and wealth for, I don't know how long, but we don't got that much time. <laughs> So, that's another show. That's another show. That's another show. <laughs> but that's that's just like I already feel inside like tingly, and I'm like, okay, I gotta I gotta amp up my affirmations. Like I'm I am worthy of wealth. Yes, I right? put be, that be, on be, because be, I mean because it. Uh, one of my one of my business coaches, she said, Dexter. She said, finances building wealth is about how you believe and think and feel about it. Well, how can you go after it aggressively and have these negative feelings about it you can't because you you'll end up self-sabotaging yourself and many of us do that you know and so we we so we have advanced degrees and very capable people but then you look at people just like why why are you not further along well it's because you got this tape playing in your head that's saying you shouldn't be well my my bishop said this or my pastor said this, or my mom said this and i'm like well, not to be disrespectful, but at some point, we've got to learn how to interpret things for ourselves as adults, and we've got to learn to say, okay, I love them, but in this area, they're wrong, <laughs> and keep moving, you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. I love all of this. But so that, let's go to the next part of your story, and I guess when you started, like you opened up your church and you got involved, right. like becoming um, like a pastor and going down that path, um, how did you integrate your financial knowledge with your teachings in the church or at least with um, parishioners who are maybe coming right. up to you and asking for advice or situations? Like how how did you implement that? And what are you, I guess, providing for either not even just your church members right. but you know the body at large right. when it comes to financial knowledge and education and are you still practicing as an active financial advisor I'm, I'm no longer doing the actual financial advising piece but the principles that i've learned i incorporate that um you know and and i don't know if you caught it but i said in our church we have four pillars we said number one we believe you should thrive spiritually physically relationally and financially and so uh my if, if i got up and i and i talked to my members they would say oh here come pastor talking about spiritual <laughs> physical relational financial because i believe if you have those four areas of your life together you could do you can you can be successful and and, and i think people have a hard time with god wanting them to be successful god wants you to be successful now, why, why does God want you to be successful? Because when you shine, he shines. You know, you're a parent, right? I'm a parent. Uh, you ever have the situation where someone, your, your, your child did something good, maybe they did, did something athletically or, or in school or whatever, and they said, congratulations, Nicole. And you're like, thank you. Well, well why, why are they congratulating you? You didn't do the work. <laughs> it was them. But what happens is when they shine, you shine. You shine. You know what I mean? And so God had God has a vested interest in you and I being successful. And so, you know, that, and so that's sort of my, my thinking when I, when I talk to my people about, you know, obviously 
I want them to be strong in prayer and I want them to be strong in the word and all that, but I also want them to have happy, successful marriages. So I want to see people stay married 10, 15, 20, 30, and 40 to death do us part, not until I get tired of you. So I talk about that all the time. And then, you know, we talk about health because health is wealth, right? You know, if you're going to do anything in this world, you have to have a healthy body. And then we know money cuts through all three of those. It cuts through my faith, it cuts through my relationships, and it cuts through my health. So I can't leave that out because uh, I need that to function in all those other areas. And so that's how we integrate it. So usually how I teach my sermons and how we teach classes off of that is we we we, we go through all four. And then a couple of years ago, uh, we'll do it again this year, we started doing something called Money Sunday. So what I would do is my wife and I would, we would take a whole Sunday and what we would do is we would have professionals come in. So we would do a, a, a an, an abbreviated uh, worship service. And then what we would do is have breakout rooms because I know trying to get people on Saturday ain't going to happen. So I got you captive on Sunday. And since you here, we're going to talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, people appreciated that because they don't necessarily feel comfortable maybe getting the information out there. They know, knowing, not knowing who to trust and so on and so forth. And so I'm bringing in people who I vetted, who I trust and say, look, listen to this person. And what, I, and what our instructions to them was this. We don't, we don't want you just to get into information. We want you to take some sort of action. And mm -hmm. so, you know, so those are some of the ways that, you, you know, we, we, we really try to uh, integrate our faith and our finances and, and, and things like that. And then, you know, we're, we're really big into real estate because uh, the Bible is about land. He, he, he would take the Israelites to a promised land, <laughs> you know, and so it's, 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 it's God gave the earth over to man. And so really real estate is, is near and dear to the heart of God. And so when someone like yourself who's teaching other people how to um, uh, purchase real estate and then multifamily things like that, you know, God is using you as a, as, as a, as a teacher, because he wants particular people like you, we, Nicole, you and I were brought here to work the land years ago. Now it's time for us to own it. Oh, all right. I love that. Oh, you're going too deep on a Monday. All right. Um, no. Well, with that, but that's how we got here, right? People who look like you and not, not necessarily us, but our answer, they got here. They were here to work the land. Now it's time for us to own it. And so, but, but our people have to be taught how to do that. That's what you do. That's what I do because, you know, it's, it, it has to be somebody, somebody has to be like Moses and show the way, correct? Somebody has yeah. to be like Joshua or Harriet Tubman and, and show the way. And so you're, you're one of the teachers out there, out there showing the way, Hey, this, you're, you're giving us a say, Hey, I, if you, if, if I can do it, you can do it too. And then I don't know you're doing that. You're taking people by the hand and showing them how to do it and walking with them through the process. And so, you know, that's why I said, I got to get on girlfriends. I got to stalk her and have a conversation <laughs> because I was impressed with what you're doing. Thank you. And you know, what's very frustrating in that is that, yes, I feel so passionate about it because I see how much has changed my life, even right. just getting a little bit like, cause I feel like there's just so much more to do, oh but even yeah. with where I'm at now it's really completely, completely changed my life and that right. I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. Like some, I, I remember like years ago for years, I would know down to the second that my paycheck was coming and it was going to be like, I knew it was going to come on 
Wednesday night, not right. Thursday, even though Thursday right. is payday, right? right? And I had that last, you know, $20 that's lasting me a couple yeah. of days. Like, when is payday coming? Oh, this is tight. Oh, what I got to pack for lunch? You know, that kind of stress, thing. Stress, and stress, it was stress. just like, and then I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd give myself at a deficit for those last few days. So when payday came again, it'd be like, oh, I got money. And then I'd be spending a little bit too reckless. Right. right. And then I'd be in that same cycle where the last few days I don't got enough until the next right. payday. Right. So that is how I used to live. And I used to just know every every two weeks, like a paycheck was not enough to last me two weeks. Right. And now, oh my goodness. Yeah. Now I don't, I don't, I have to look at the calendar like, oh yeah, we getting paid tomorrow. Oh, right. okay. And you know, like it's different. I'm Much not different. looking at the bank account. Like I'm probably spending a little bit too reckless sometimes on certain things i'm not a real big spender consumer <laughs> like buying stuff all the stuff right. but like i think my my guilty pleasure like i got buying lunch at work that's okay. probably the, the biggest thing i spend money on but it's expensive over here right so. but anyway this is that's but, 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 but think about this isn't that freedom that is freedom that I mean and and, and 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 you want everybody to experience the ability this is what and now what struck me as you were talking getting paid every week right every two weeks but mm -hmm. you're spending money every day yeah because every time you turn the water on you turn lights on you're putting gas in your car and so we're, we're at a deficit because we've been trained going back to our talk we've been trained to expect a check once a week twice a week but i'm spending money every day so you can see why people are at a deficit so now what you're doing is you're teaching them hey i can through the power of real estate i can show you how to get out of that yes so, oh, and I know what I was go where I was going. I was gonna say the frustrating thing sometimes is you feel like you're shouting this at the top of your lungs from the rooftop, and then people are still like hesitant right. or don't want to take action and right. don't want. I'm like, how can you not want to do something different than what you're right. doing? And and all the things that I'm juggling, and I'll and I I don't have time because I'm just always right. doing a project. Like I'm always working on something. Right. So when I I tell people to like do something or look something up or read a book or whatever it is. Because I, I'll ask in conversation, I'll kind of like, so what do you do right. with your time? Like when you get off of work and you go home, oh. what are you doing? Like, why is it that you don't have time? Right. Like if I had the same time as I had then, <laughs> I just, there, it's just so, it's like, there's no excuse. Like I yeah. wish I had that same ability, like before kids kind of things right. that, you know, even makes it more worse so the, the problem is the thing is like i just people don't even have to come to me and that's what i tell them all the time like you don't need to invest with me you don't need to be my mentee like you don't have to come to me i just want you to do something like exactly. as long as i give the information to you if we have a phone call and i can give you some resources right. take action on it right. like listen to podcasts like this and other podcasts and actually uh, most of the the guests Put the, get their information or they have websites right. with learning resources and all that stuff. Exactly. And I don't know how many people actually dig into that and get that information and actually start learning right. so that they can implement, even at a small level, I guess people exactly. maybe don't think they have enough to do, but enough to do something big, but right. it's success is made by small steps, oh. but not by big ones. Well, it's funny you're talking like that because my theme for this year is the year of getting started. Oh, I like that. And so what I've been talking to people about, so whether I'm in church or whether I'm, uh, or, or, a matter of fact, I'm speaking at our Boston Rhea uh, tomorrow night, and that's going to be my topic. I said, every real estate investing mistake can be overcome except the one of you not starting. 
I'd love, you know what, I'm gonna, I might, we might both have that topic if, well, if, this if, year. If, we if, might if both have the it, same if, topic if, now. If, if you use it, just just quote me once and then the rest of the time is yours. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna quote you, I'm gonna quote you but, but, time. But you think about it, every mistake, because every deal doesn't go the way we want it to go. If, if, if people are truthful, most of the time you see people, I, I made 50000 yeah, and there are deals when you do that. And sometimes you're like, oh, God, that didn't go that well. Well, okay, what you do, you get back on the horse and learn from your mistakes of matter, and you keep moving. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I'm moving. See, we're, we're, a lot of people are expecting God to bless a parked car. <laughs> and that's not, that's, not, that's not going to happen. And so I'm saying, listen, I, I'm encouraging people. I said, listen, get started. Now, sometimes, like you said, like you said, sometimes it could be, uh, for some people, it will be small steps. And then for some people, they just need to rip the bandaid off because they didn't, they didn't went to seminars, read books, been to prayer meetings, got vision boards, and got everything. And they're like, dude, okay, when you, when, when you going to move? <laughs> because stuff happens to you when you get in motion. There, You know, this money has energy. Money has movement. It's called currency. And so if we don't get in motion and movement, uh, no, no wonder you stuck, you know. And then, you know, I, I, I met with our men on Friday night, and I was talking to them about, um, you know, the, just this mindset that most people have about bashing having a job. And I said, I don't bash people have a job. I said, Well, my, my full time, I'm a pastor. That's my main gig. I said, But so I don't have a problem with you having a nine to five, but I do have a problem with you watching from six to ten, watching video games and watching football and basketball. That's my problem. I do have a problem with you having only one stream of income because that's a problem. Especially in these this time of all these layoffs, right, well, because well, well, it's well, yeah. going rampant right now. Even yeah, at my right, job, well, they just had layoffs. Well, 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 that was your email. I think I got this morning was talking about you were talking about oh, layoffs. You know, was. and I was like, I'm like, listen, uh, Amazon, Google. I mean, some of the largest companies in the world are laying folks off. And I said, uh, actually, because what I do is, and, and your listeners are well, welcome to this. Uh, if they go to my website, DexterBJenkins.com, I do uh, and sign up for my uh, ebook. They'll they'll get on my mailing list and what I do I send out a letter every week uh, uh the email every week mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I'm talking about this week I said listen it's one one source of income is too close to none definitely because because you if you get laid off like you said now you're struggling but you know the the antidote for all of this stuff so whether it's recession layoffs is this is what income 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 you've got to have more than one source of income I remember George Frazier said this I heard him say years ago he said Everybody should have at least a minimum of three sources of income. Minimum. Yeah. Other people say, you know, other people say six to seven. Well, let, well let's start with so, 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 so people listen to us to, on this on this podcast today. I don't know if you have one right now. Well, well, well let's start this year. You, you make a decision. I'm going to add one more this year. Now, the problem is this. Recognize that you're probably going to have to learn something new. Yes. That's the problem. You you got to where you are right now because you took the time. Because I've I, like I said, I've stalked you on LinkedIn. <laughs> I've seen some of your posts. And you said my mom helped me do this, and we did. You, you know, so oh, you really have like I don't remember the last time I wrote about that. No, no, no that was a while ago when you did that. You, I think I think you showed a picture of you when you first were getting started. And then you talked about your mother front oh, yes. you know, sort of spouse sponsoring you, and I was uh-huh. like. Yeah. But 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 you were showing your, your 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 progress. Well, you you had to learn some. The old Nicole wasn't good enough to get to where you are right now. Definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't. And, 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 and ever since she started right now, that, I've been I've been <laughs> studying and learning ever since. Right. Ten plus years. There you go. 
And, 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 and if you're like me, I'm thinking, I'm just getting started. It, ah, like I, it's 10 plus years. I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm learning so much more, right. you know, like, but you have to be intentional about it. And you actually right. have to go and take some time and learn. And then once you learn and do a certain amount of learning, it's time to take that knowledge and it's enough learning and take action. You don't right. got to know everything. You'll never know everything. Never. But I'm one of those that tends to, I like to be over-prepared. So okay. I like to over-read, like even me just, I, I started a bank on yourself whole life insurance policy, right. right? And so even in doing that, when I came across that as an idea, I was like very intrigued. And I'm like, oh, you could actually use life insurance for more than just death benefits. Exactly. Like I can yeah. use it and not just my right. kids. Right. I'm like, okay, well, let me see what that's about. I probably read like six or seven books. Right. <laughs> like, right. was that overkill? Oh, maybe, but I was just like, I just wanted to read more. Like I exactly. see what everybody else had to say about it. Right. And then when I, actually, I was like, okay, I've read enough books. I got to stop reading these books. I got to start talking to some people. <laughs> I got to do something. <laughs> I got to do something. I got to start contacting someone because I know right. they say you're supposed to go to a specific type of agent who is like, or who is able to right. formulate the, the policy in a, in a special way in that it needs way. to be done. Right. And so I'm like, okay, where am I going to find these people? I'm like, okay, well, the books I've read, they right. got to have companies. So right. I just went there and right. I basically had a call with every, every book that I read, <laughs> had a call with the person who <laughs> I wanted to compare, right. you know? Right. So, but was that overkill? Yeah, I do a little bit of, of digging on right. the front end, but then when it's time to, I, I know when to it's execute. time to stop that and it starts time to execute and just yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that means, I think there's a powerful message in doing your due diligence. Mm -hmm. But at some point, mm -hmm. you have to move. You know, mm -hmm. and so that's my message to people. This year. I said, this is your year to get started. So whether it's what do we do in real estate, whether it's to write your book, whether it's to go back to school and, and better yourself, whatever it is, this is your year to do. I, I believe that there's just a really a season for people who are taking action this year. And if they get started on some things, they'll be surprised a year from now, two years from now, and how much progress they, 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 they will have made. And, you know, most millionaires are made during a downturn. So if this is a downturn, and that's what Warren Buffett said, right? He said, when other people are going one way, this is Dexter Paraphrase. When one people are doing something else, you go the other way. Mm -hmm. And so when people are hesitating and afraid, oh, I don't know, should I should I not buy? Well, I'm like, listen, long as you, to your point, long as I do my due diligence and the numbers work, buy. Yep. Okay, guys, don't kill me, but I'm going to have to cut this episode short. This is too juicy and we need to do this in a part two. So stay tuned for the next episode that airs and you can hear the rest of our conversation. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified.